You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, you know, the main cry from the Republicans right now, I think, has been this is unfair uh, because the Biden administration is weaponizing, you know, that's not even a word I had heard before a couple of years ago, but weaponizing the Justice Department. And this all comes from the party of Donald Trump, who just announced that he, if he is reelected, if he were to be reelected, he would immediately appoint a new special prosecutor to go after, I'm not even as strong as he was, go after Joe Biden and his his family. This is from Donald Trump, who said, I will be your retribution. Boy, it's a good thing he doesn't believe in weaponizing uh, the Justice Department, right? Yeah, you know, John, how I always said that everything with Trump is either confession or projection. Yeah. And I think this is a great example of it because when he was president and under both Jeff Sessions and particularly under Bill Barr, um, the Justice Department did feel weaponized. I agree with you about that word, but um, that and and if Trump had had his way, it would have been worse. Like he wanted always to sick the IRS on people and sick, you know, the Justice Department. And Bill Barr would placate him to some degree, right? Like he he um, names Durham as a special counsel to go after, to investigate what were the origins of the Russian story, stuff like that. I don't think, to be honest with you, that Barr really believed all of that. And I think we're we're starting to get a clearer picture of Barr now that he's on his penance tour, his rehabilitation tour. But um, but he always was giving Trump just a little bit of what he wanted. And I think all of the cabinet did that. So Trump 2.0 is Trump unleashed. And the worst part, I I think all Americans feared if you impeach or you indict a president, if there's power again, if they come come back into power, then it's tit for tat. And Trump has said it is tit for tat. You know, whatever you're doing to me now, I promise I will do that to you a hundredfold. Well, and I'm going to lace this together with something else he's been saying. You know, he keeps repeating this Trump. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. Now, that's not all the American people. That's the MAGA people, the right wing, the conservative Christian people that they want to uh, take away your right uh, for children, your children, never to hear about American history. Uh, they want to turn the whole gay, uh, the whole uh, country into LGBT. Uh, you know, there's this underlying sense that I'm here to defend this part of the world, uh, this uh, white nationalist part of the world. 
And I'll put with that his statement, I will be your retribution. I mean, I think he would intend not only to go after Joe Biden, but to go after everybody that he sees as having harmed him in some way. And for him, that's like all liberals. Let's get them. Let's shut them down. Yeah. Libtards, as they say. Libtards. So, you know, John, it's interesting. This is like a a kind of not well thought out political uh, theory. But since really the civil rights movement, right, and the women's rights movement, the gay rights movement, all the things that have changed the United States so much since the 60s and the 70s. And you had a backlash to that. We knew this was happening because um, of you had like the growth of the religious right, for example, or the preppers, people living out in, you know, Idaho, whatever. All of that, the white supremacists, all of that growing in reaction to um, changes away from a white Christian male dominated country. So that that's just a thing. And but they never had the right voice because the people who might have been the leaders still had some shame and also a basic belief in the system. And Trump is the perfect is the is this the right use of the word avatar or you know spokesperson? Yeah, I think that's fair, that? yeah. Yeah, because I, he doesn't actually have... I think he's probably better thought of as an avatar. Yeah, exactly. Because he has else. no shame, nor does he have any, uh, <clears throat> does he care at all if he tears the whole place down? So that I think he's very dangerous right now, and he's going to be more dangerous after he's indicted by Georgia and then indicted again by Smith on the, on, um, the insurrection. Because what does he have to lose? And he has this whole army of people who he has armed, right? I mean, one of their one of their projects is to make sure there is a gun in the hands of every single disinfected, um, aggrieved person. And Trump does not care if there's a civil war, right? He's not. Um, you know, who could you think about that that like gave voice to these people, but always would pull back a little bit because he didn't want to blow the system up. Trump does not care. No, he, he absolutely doesn't. And you're absolutely right in identifying the force of the movement that's that's out there. And I want to give you an example that's happening right now, last week. The Southern Baptists are the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. The only larger group of Christians in the United States are the Roman Catholics. The Southern Baptists uh, passed a few years ago, not just yesterday, uh, a ruling that women could not be pastors of uh, their congregations. Well, there was some dancing around that. Uh, Some women were not called senior pastor. They were youth pastor or women's pastor. And some women, one in particular, had been a pastor of a large congregation for 41 years. So it just kind of happened. But the Southern Baptists this week are tired of messing around with that. And the reason this bothers them 
is because they say the Bible is clear that women should not be the head of men. Women should not give instruction or teach men. If this sounds like really weird, old-fashioned, make-your-hair-curl kind of thing, that's what they're talking about. So this week, they voted to expel any of those uh, parishes, even good, solid, conservative parishes that had women at their, their head. I, I'm guessing that the next item on their agenda is to repeal the 19th Amendment. But isn't that part of just what you're talking about, this whole feeling that's been there ever since uh, the 1960s of part of the country saying, we have got to get back to when men ran this place, to when white people ran, ran this place. And I agree with you, the only guy we know who's willing to get up and fight for us, not just say it, but really be a fighter, is Donald Trump. This is why they love so much what he did with the courts. He didn't care one way or another, right? He's not an ideological person. But he delivered for for them in a way that Reagan never did, Bush the senior never did, and young Bush, who himself was an evangelical or so he said, and he never did, because they always felt constrained, those leaders felt constrained by the norms of the government of the country and an understanding that you know, demographics are destiny. The country is changing and they had to um, manage the needs of all the people. But the, you know, the thing that blew the whole thing up and where Trump became himself so aggrieved was the election of Barack Obama. It was the thing that, that folks just couldn't get past, including Trump. And from that minute, that Obama was elected, it was probably written in the cards that Trump was going to become um, the voice of all these folks. And you remember, John, that movie about Roger Stone, I think it was yep. called Paul Roger, whatever. He said that. He recognized that. He was like, I know who's the guy that's going to give voice to all this. It's Trump. Because Trump has no shame and he's, you know, he's dumb like a fox. So here we are in this moment of time where we're thinking, because we're um, institutionalists, like Trump is going to finally be held to account. And I do wonder about that sometimes. Not that the system isn't going to try to hold him accountable. It will try. But what happens when we start to have extreme political violence? You know, what happens then? What happens when this judge in Florida just goes absolutely crazy, starts all kinds of rulings, and then, you know, who's going to impeach her? Because one thing that's happened, John, for the last, you know, seven years, or whatever, since Trump came on the stage, is that Democrats and some Republicans have continued to act like it's normal times, like it's the before times, and it is not. And we are so slow to recognize the consequence on the body politic 
the effect of the body politic that Trump and his supporters have had. And this week, for some reason, it just became so clear to me. No, he didn't have a riot of people down at, you know, um, down in Miami. But <clears throat> there is a growing radicalization on that, you know, for those folks that they are not taking our guy out. That's the only guy who speaks for us. Well, you're exactly right. And also this week, I became more aware of some, by name, some crucial people who are kind of being the little think tank for Donald Trump. Because, you know, I agree with everything you said. He's willing to go out there. He has no shame. He's got a huge megaphone of a mouth and make all these claims. But there's some key people pushing him along. And one of them is Jeffrey Clark. Remember him, mm -hmm. the guy who said, oh, I'll be the attorney general. Sure, uh, that's no problem. Uh, the other guy, and I'm going to get his name wrong. Is it Vitan uh, that was just in the news? And this was the guy, also from a think tank, that when uh, Trump's lawyers, several of them, including Christopher Keis, said, we ought to look into the possibility of settling and uh, before there's an indictment, before anything, we'll say, we'll return the documents, everything will be okay, and I think the Justice Department will do that. This guy that I'm mentioning to it, if you yeah, remember... Yeah, it seems like Hinton or something, and he's not Federalist Society, but another kind a group of one like, of those like conservative that. think tanks, yes. Yeah, and he stepped in right away and said, no. Absolutely. We do not settle on that. We're right, Mr. President. Uh, you're right. Those are your documents. Man, we know with Donald Trump, that's all he needed to hear. He said, hey, this smart guy over here just told me they're my my documents. And then as people looked at, you know, other ways that this could be settled, Jeffrey Clark and his group came in and said, no. You're right on the law. This whole thing's about the presidential records law, which Trump said in his speech, the governing law is the presidential records law. Nobody else thinks that except Donald Trump. He's fighting under the, the, the wrong law. It's as if he got stopped, uh, you know, for running through a red light. And he said, oh, it's OK. I paid the, the parking meter over there. It's it's all right. You're not talking about the right thing. But these groups, which we've always known, it's that group that centers around Ginny Thomas. All those people are telling him, Mr. Trump, you can do it. Fight this through to the end. And they don't care either how much damage is done. That's so interesting, John. He's, you know, like he's their tool yes. because he cares about power and, you know, money, fame, his ego, all of that stuff. And they're using him for their own political ends. And they did that specifically with the courts and with, um, you know, Roe. I mean, if they if we would have gone along without Trump, you never, ever would have had um, that court. But he said, "I'm right, here's the judges I'm going to pick. You know, and with the complicity of um, Mitch McConnell. So, you know, when history is written, assume we survive. 
when history is written about this time, there will be the tools and then there will be the masterminds. And, and the masterminds are not letting Trump act rationally, which he is not inclined to do anyway. No, absolutely. And I know we got to wind up, but I'm really reminded. Do you remember the Gary Cooper film, Meet John Doe, directed yeah. by Frank Capra? Such a great film. Walter Brennan was uh, in it. And at the end, we find out that this whole John Doe movement, which seemed like it was doing so much good, in fact, was being run by a small cabal of jackboots with motorcycles. And that's the big scene uh, at the at the end of the whole thing. Uh, now, I'm not going to cast Donald Trump as a sympathetic character, and I'm not going to let Gary Cooper play him. That's just not, not going <laughs> to happen. But I do believe that there is that kind of group pushing, prodding, and making certain they get what they want out of this. And frankly, I would have included Bill Barr in that group. But as you say, now he's decided to do penance. So maybe he doesn't he's, want to be He's group. out. So yeah. it's a deep state. It's the deeper state. It is a deep state. Wow. Pretty amazing. <laughs> All right. Have All a right. good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.